welcome to the Awesome Life Podcast for women in transition looking for simple ways to live and love life with awesome energy, joy, prosperity, and freedom, all without drugs. And now here is your awesomeness host, Karen Stoltz. Hey, welcome. Welcome back to Awesome Life Podcast. I'm Karen Stoltz, your host, and I'm here today with an amazing lady, uh, Julie Steelman. And of course, you know, to have an awesome life, it's important to have financial freedom. And my guest today, at the age of 47, she was able to let go of her corporate J-O-B and follow her passion and her joy. And now Julie helps others to discover how to create a soul-centered cash flow and profitability plan so that you can break up with your I'm not good enough with money mentality that so many of us seem to have. And she allows you to finally have the impact and the financial freedom that you want. She has worked with corporations and industries such as Microsoft, Sony, Toyota, and Apple. And now I am thrilled that she has agreed to share some of her wisdom with us today. So welcome, Julie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. I, as so many people today need that financial wisdom that you have so admirably found. Um, but I'm sure it wasn't always that way, was it? I mean, did you always know that you had this financial wizardry and wisdom? <laughs> oh, heck no. <laughs> I've done all the financial boo-boos you could do and then some and repeated them a couple of times. You know, for me, it started really, it just is this kind of extraordinary journey of, um, you know, being seven years old and watching Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom every Sunday night. And I was so enamored with Africa and the animals and watching this on television as a little kid, I wanted to go to Africa and it was like, somehow I was given this imperative that you must go to Africa before you die. And I that dream never left my heart. And I became very, I found myself becoming very dedicated and committed to it. And it really set the course for the choices that I made. And when I, you know, it's a long story, but when I graduated college, you know, I had a, I had a minor in business administration and economics and a major in advertising and marketing. And I went into the corporate world and I went, you know, the only way this is going to work is if I'm in a sales position so I don't have to be stuck in a cubicle outside some guy's office who's going to decide when and if I get a raise because that's never going to get me where I want to go. And, you know, given my family circumstances, lovely people, fabulous upbringing, they just weren't globetrotters. It wasn't their dynamic. And I knew that I needed to create my own financial freedom because I didn't want any person, place, or thing to decide when and if I got to go and for how long I got to stay. Because there's a part of me that dreamed of not coming back. And my father was, I didn't realize this until much later, that he nurtured me very much financially. He didn't treat me any different than my three older brothers. He didn't expect me to come home or to be taken care of or to be needy. He was like, I'll put you through college after that. You have to figure it out. You're on your own. If you buy a house and you default, 
I'm not saving your butt. And in and it's like that was great tutelage, right? It was almost like the fear of God was put in me that it's like, you better figure it out. And so, you know, that coupled with this this very strong father and an upbringing who didn't see me as different, never gave me any stories about I couldn't have what I wanted or that, well, you know, pat me on the back and well, you know, have fun in corporate America, but women don't get paid as much and don't expect to, you know, fill in the blank. He never said any of that stuff. And, you know, it was a friend of mine that pointed out a few years ago, she goes, do you realize that that is unusual? And I'm like, I thought everybody was brought up like that, but they weren't. So it put me on that trajectory and that kept being my, you know, as I got into corporate, there's all those stories and all the society and the limiting beliefs, you know, in inside a sales team inside corporate America is like being in the eye of the needle of the man's world and nothing against men. I love men. But the belief systems at that time were women aren't good with money. We're not aggressive enough. We won't be good at sales. They're not going to invest in us because we're going to get pregnant and quit in a year. You know, all of this stuff about somehow you're less than, mm -hmm. right? Somehow your contribution will never measure up. Whatever the story is on top of that. And I got to a place where I realized that if I bought off on those belief systems and I kept indulging them and kept operating like they were true, I was never going to get to Africa. Like that was my cherry, you know, and I was like, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. You know, those were the stories. Yeah, all I of it, all yeah. of it. Was, and then some. Yeah, I was told, gee, you know, basically you don't have to go to college. Yeah. But. Your place is in the home. Marry, marry a nice guy who will take care of you and then you yes. don't have to worry about it. That's right. And and that's not where we are, especially no. today and and especially for women. So you discovered that early on and that and had the support of your dad. That is huge, yeah. huge, huge. It was huge. So with this cherry in front of you of, of going to Africa. Yeah. Did you get to Africa? I did. So it was many, many years later because I was working through corporate and then I eventually did retire and create that kind of financial freedom. That was my goal. That's why I went into sales because within two weeks of getting into corporate, I was like, I don't know what, but I got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> it wasn't fast, right? It wasn't fast, but that, that whole paradigm you know, wasn't on target with that awesome life that you talk about that I could envision. Yeah. And I, and I, somehow I knew I was being very guided, but somehow I knew that my choices, my, how I would, like, I couldn't just Pollyanna it. Oh, I'll manifest it. Oh, I'll hope for it. Oh, let me cross my fingers. Let me say a prayer. It's Let's like prayer action and intention is what makes things that are improbable possible. And I kept, I kept going. I didn't want to be in that environment. And one time I was on a scuba diving trip. That was a whole nother story of synchronicity. And I was working at Microsoft at the time as a manager and I found myself in Bonaire in the Caribbean in board shorts, barefoot, in a bikini. And I was like, I'm so much more. This is who I am. 
yeah. not not miss boss at MSN, you know? Yeah. And that, I met my husband on that trip. But yeah, we we eventually got to Africa and I haven't stopped going back since. I go at least once a year. Oh, how wonderful. How yeah. truly, truly wonderful. So you truly are living your dream. And uh, from what I understand, uh, you actually were able to retire at the age of 47. Yep. And, and still have the finances to continue yep. going to Africa every year. Yep. Yep. So, you know, there is a lot more than just the manifestation and the affirmations yes. and, yeah. and things that had to take place, I'm sure. So you could be financially free. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the, there's sort of what happens in the inner world. And then there's what, and then, then that produces a result in the outer world. And I think we're, our society and how we're trained or sold and told is about referencing from outside of ourselves. And I was listening to a soul calling that said, you must go to Africa before you die. And it set me on this trajectory, right? That I couldn't have planned. And it gave me a body of work about being a female and being financially free. Right. And there's plenty of women with a lot of money and there's plenty of women who are retired from corporate. And yet there's a lot of women who this is a huge area of disempowerment around. And I was listening to my soul. It was letting my soul lead. And so when all those belief systems about, you know, your boss says to you and this happened, I realized that I was really in the macrocosm of the traditionally masculine money-making system or what some people call the patriarchy. I actually don't like that whole reference. That's just me. I think it's so riddled with um, pissosity and violence and againstness. And I think I like to believe, naive or not, that everybody's doing the best they can. And they were all operating under a belief system. They were taught, right? And so if we go into it from a loving perspective, I, and I don't condone it, I don't support it, I don't want to continue it, but I'm not going to fight with it. And I'm not going to go against it because that's another imbalance and I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in how do we heal together. Yeah. And, and so it was like, I walked through that and started looking at the beliefs that people were throwing on me and it became their lies, not my truth kind of thing. And, you know, it was really when I was the secret and everybody has this, every woman, everyone listening to this has this, a deep, deep dream. Mm -hmm. I was moved and motivated by a deep dream. And I was so dedicated, devoted and committed to it. I was unwilling to let anything in the outside world, any person, including family members, anybody thwart that because they were trying to have me believe something that that if I were to believe it would get in the way. Mm, that's powerful. And I, one of my other guests uh, on, on the podcast, uh, Sherry and, and Sarah, actually showed me something about our belief systems that I'd love to share. And and it sounds like you you recognized it, but it, it, it became very poignant for me when she said, what is the first letter of belief? B. 
And what is the first letter of systems? S. Yep. Belief systems are nothing more than BS. And I they think they're changed. Absolutely. They're nothing more than BS unless it comes from the authentic self. And it, exactly, exactly. So if we're living somebody else's belief systems, we're not living our, our, our true self. And well, finding that 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 joy inside of you i call it the big why it, it doesn't have to be big world nationally make no. a huge difference it's yours and yours alone what is going to bring you that, that joy yes. that soul fulfilling joy and what is the solution mm-hmm. to achieving that yeah it's what happens with belief systems are like data comes in from someone else or our parents modeled it or it was in our family or we had an experience and we judged it. Mm-hmm. And so then that judgment gets personalized, especially with women, right? We take it a whole nother level deeper and we personalize it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we end up with we're bad and wrong. And as we're going forward in life or growing our businesses, the belief systems end up creating competing intentions mm-hmm. and nothing. And then it becomes this inner war. Nothing can move. And so if you have an intention to grow your business because you want to make a difference, but then there's this belief system that says it's wrong to talk about money. Mm-hmm. Do you think you might have a sales problem? Exactly. Because they rub and they eventually wear each other out. And that's what becomes so unsustainable for women. And you can work harder and harder and harder and harder. But that belief is going to erode you more strongly and more strongly the more you work until we let stuff go and we put it into its right context. That's the truth for us, which is if I'm really willing to grow my business in service to the difference I want to make, then by golly, I better get rid of my limiting money story or my scarcity issues because it's going to cost me that difference I want to make. And that's all I was doing was if I believe that I suck at selling because I'm female, because they said so, because they didn't understand how women operate, right? I was never going to retire. I was never going to get the hell out of there and I was never going to get to go to Africa. Now, that isn't always true. Those absolutes aren't always reality, but that's what I was working with, right? Right, right. And so I had to start, I had to really get conscientious about when something was flying in or when it came from within me. You know, I was the youngest of three older brothers and there were many situations where I had judged that it was better to be a guy. They got more of the goodies. They didn't have to do the dishes when it was warm out and light out until 10 o'clock at night and they're in the backyard playing football and I'm watching them while I'm doing dishes, right? Because I'm the girl, I'm supposed to do the dishes. <laughs> I mean, it's like those little things. I judged that, well, it sucks to do dishes. They're having fun playing football. There must be something wrong with me because oh. I'm a girl. That's totally was my one of my things. And I went into corporate and then here I am getting piled on, right? You can't do this as well because you're a girl, oh, right? Yeah. And let me tell you something about women. We're so good at relationships. We're so good at nurturing and caring. 
we could blow every male out of the water when it comes to selling. And again, no, not, not nothing wrong with men, right? They were doing the best they could at the time. But the point is that we need to find our own groove in our own lane and be in a process of discovery of what that authenticness is free and clear from the impositions of other people's thinking. And I don't even think that 90% of the women on the planet have even indulged the deep dream that's inside of them. And it starts there. Yeah. We, we put kind of a box around ourselves and say, no, we really supposed to outside of this box, which is totally untrue. Yeah. So do you have any, um, tips for for women to kind of say hey look i see something outside this box that really look there's sunshine out there yeah there's joy there's an awesome life yeah yeah what what can what can they do well i think the first thing is is notice the ways in which you're limiting any kind of that any of that type of expression within yourself mm, the because there's a competing intention and a scarcity story running mm -hmm. people don't want what i have i'm not good enough what i'm going to put out there isn't super sexy this is one of the big ones i've really stumbled upon which is i'm i'm just this little person with 10 acres over here how in the world can i make a difference on a planet that i want to see change and every little ripple matters I'm saying every little ripple matters. And so if that's true, stop, notice where the limiting beliefs are, where the stories are that are someone else's that aren't really yours. And you've never really taken the time to investigate what your truth really is. And I, the second thing I would do is I would do a 33 day and 33 days matter because we develop a new neuron pathway in 33 days. So if you miss a day, start over. But at 33 days, nurture that nugget that is whispering to you, journaling, dancing, singing, walking, something, 15 minutes a day, 33 days in a row, nurture that nugget and find out what it is because those dreams are the things that are going to make the difference in us being able to save the natural world and create the world we actually yearn and crave to live in. And I believe women are holding the keys to that. And so denying your dream is denying, is really withholding a gift from everybody else. And we got to stop playing small on this one and start finding the areas where we're disempowered and become empowered mm -hmm. so that we can fulfill on the things we really want to make a difference on. So it starts there. Yeah. Starts yeah. there. Finding out what it is and, and moving towards that. And giving yourself permission. Oh, permission. Mary Oliver's quote, let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. I love that. I love that. I, I have a number of clients that come to me and say, well, there's so many things, but I don't know what I truly, truly love. And it sounds like you're example there of giving yourself permission for 15 minutes a day for yeah. 33 days yeah. to just enjoy. Yeah. 
not deep soul searching necessarily not no processing it's an allowing it's an allowing it's an allowing it's a nurturing and an allowing and that's when the wisdom comes through that's right and it may come through in that moment or you may get that brilliant aha later when you're changing diapers or launching a course or whatever it'll come through but we have to make space for it and we have to be willing to give up people pleasing, being polite, being too big for our britches. What's the quote about, you know, women who behave are not legends. I forget exactly how it goes, but like, it's like, th I believe that that is soul speak. Yeah. And the Dalai Lama says the world will be saved by Western women. I reserve the right to edit it and say, I think the world will be saved by all women. I don't think it's cultural. And I think we each are carrying a code and a seed and a piece of what will make our lives in the natural world be in harmony with each other, get out of these um, degenerative, destructive, unsustainable models. Mm. But in, until, unless and until we are willing to follow the seed of a dream that might seem ridiculous, we can't possibly know because I think that's destiny knocking at your door. If, if you can think it, it's possible for you. Of course. If you can, you don't even have to dream it. If you can think it. Yeah. And if you, if it resonates with you, you can dream it. It yeah. is possible, isn't it? Look Someone at you, 47 years old, able to retire and, and still enjoy and now you are helping so many other women fulfill their dreams their souls their life their awesome life oh julie this is great well that's what matters to me because i spend a lot of time deep in the bush with wild animals big animals big cats and it's my great love and it's a reflection of my great love for our natural world and I know what's at stake. I know a lot about species and extinction and um, what's happening to animals. I work with marine mammals with rehabbing and saving lives and disentangling whales. And, you know, it takes a village. Trust me, it's not just me. I'm part of the community and doing the best that I can. And a lot of times my photography goes for conservation efforts. But I'm doing this because... When more women and especially entrepreneurial women will really open up and allow themselves to have the kind of business that'll give them a stress-free financial life, they can get on with their sacred yeses, with their bucket list projects, with their sacred activism and philanthropy. And that's what's going to save our natural world is if we start being a collective of women who are actually represented. Our voices are not represented in the money system or the financial community. And so what we have is a system that is not biodiverse. And so one mentality is, is represented. And if we keep going down that road, it's extremely destructive to our natural world. So I know that the women that I know are very driven by wanting to make a difference in their own way. And if as many of us as possible are actually empowered enough to do that, 
because we need the funding and the financing. We got to fund our own revolution, as one of my friends says. <laughs> I like to call it evolution because revolution's got that take up your arms and fight kind of thing yeah. in it, you know, and we need that kind of energy. But it's like, that's why this matters. This is way more than about how much is in your bank account. This is that our natural world is at stake. And I'll be bold enough to say, would you be willing to drop your money story to save the natural world? Because it's what it's costing us. Because yeah. as long as we play small, we're not represented in those ways where we can affect laws, where we can affect who's making what decisions. We vote with our dollars, where our investments are. Are we funding the things that we want more of versus the things we want less of? You know, all of it, right? Yeah. I love that. That is... I. Everything, everything you just said is just so powerful and so true. And each one of us, it's like you said, we are a ripple. You throw a pebble into the lake and, and yeah. it ripples out. It so does. every action, every choice we make, even if we think we're not doing anything, that is a choice too. It has a ripple effect. I mean, I can say, all right, I'm, I'm here in my... My home office, I'm not going out. There's COVID. Right. But there is an impact being made simply by that. That's right. So, uh, I, I really admire everything that you're doing, Julie. So how can people get in touch with you? How can they learn yeah. from such wisdom? <laughs> well, they can go to juliesteelman.com. And there's a place where you can get some free gifts and a free webinar if you want to sign up for that. We'd love to have you. You can go to chatwithjulie.com and sign up for a cookie conversation and see if, you know, just to check in and catch up. And I would love to talk to you. Uh, and, you know, I'm really, really on a mission to work with as many entrepreneurial women as possible who want to join a collective who want to make a difference on the planet and are ready to let go of their money story because because it's withholding their ripple that they contribute to the overall thing and what i want to say about the ripple thing is so important it's so easy for us you know one of our money stories or our scarcity stories is well i'm just a mom with two kids with a coaching business and or, i don't have the education I, I don't have the education i'm not a household name i'm not yeah. big enough nobody wants to buy what i have to i offer. want to be mother Teresa. i want to be mother Teresa. yeah well my dream isn't big enough or my dream's too big and i don't know how to get to it like yeah. can you hear all the nonsense in there right really really and, and we, but we live and make decisions every single day steeped in that tea Time to throw the tea out, time to throw the tea bag out and really look at this. You talked earlier about your why and really look at if you were, I looked at it this way. When I was in corporate, it became as simple as this was the mantra that I get mantras dropped into me that are like the thing. I don't know where they come from, but well, they come from the divine. I know that, but they're always like, whoosh, you know, that succinct whoop. And it was, if they knew what I knew, and it was like, if my clients knew what I knew, they would buy. And so it aligned my energy around being able to communicate with them in a way that actually resolved their problem. And it changed everything. Oh, and I stop withholding, you know, and it's like all this scarcity nonsense keeps us in, it, it keeps that suppression of the feminine in place. It's the linchpin right? We don't express. 
We don't, we aren't visible. We aren't willing to ruffle feathers. We keep telling ourselves how small we are. So we take one more hammer to the nail of what was already there and we hammer it even deeper, you know? And it's like, if you want to break the hold of the patriarchy or the traditionally masculine money-making system, then you can't keep colluding with it by buying into the stuff that was never yours in the first place. You know, we have to really be that, we have to be that willing to face ourselves about what we're indulging. Because at this point, we're adults and we have a choice. We have all the permissions in the world, especially in the United States. We have all, all the doors are open. There's no one shutting any doors to us. It, the, it, the cherries are ripe for the picking. And we go, oh, but I can't quite reach it. It's like, drop the nonsense. We have to drop it. Like, we have to really drop it. They, the thought is that the doors are closed to us, but that's only because we're keeping those doors closed. We've put up the, the barriers. And well, we keep seeing it as closed. And, and, and it's not. It's, it's not. not. As long as you can not. see that glimmer there, you can get that door open. That's right. I, I, I was helping a, a friend last night. She has a little hidey hole uh, in the bottom of her trunk. And she thought she had hidden some of her jewelry in the, there and had forgotten about it. And she couldn't get it open. She said, well, maybe there isn't any hole there. Maybe it isn't even possible. That's self-denial, right? When she and, knew. And she knew. She yeah. knew. And I opened it up and there wasn't anything there, but it was a case of, yeah. She said, I thought I could, but I can't. And I said, yeah, you can. We just have to look for a different way. Right. And a different perspective. And I just want to say no wrong making here, right? No, no, no wrong making at all. I had to look at all of this in myself before I could make a change. And I think we have to be, we have to take up space in our own hearts first, and then we can, you know, help everybody else around us. But if you're someone sitting there thinking, you know, well, I just have a small coaching practice. I only make 60,000 a year, but every single one life that you shift, you have no knowing of how that shift turns into some way they shift something or someone else, or they get the moxie to go do the river project they've been dreaming of. And all of a sudden they're on a board and changing rivers. Like that's how the ripples work and we have to trust them. Absolutely. And don't try and analyze it. No. Don't try and think, well, I'm not doing, I myself am guilty of that sometimes. I need to see the evidence show up. Um, and it's important to have that evidence so that you can keep going forward or else you're, you're going to continue doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results, right? Which yeah, may not absolutely. Be so and an awesome life and a joy-filled life is actually, it's not the result or end game. It's that you listened to yourself and you followed your heart. Following your heart. There's no failures. There's opportunities for growth and learning. And we have to reframe how we look at all of this. And I think we have to support each other as women and not tear each other down, link arms, prize each other, amplify each other's visions, make what sounds impossible sound possible and like go for it. Yeah. 
It's all possible. If you can think it, it's possible. And you are living proof of that, Julie. Oh, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Your wisdom is amazing. So do go to juliesteelman.com. I will also put that in the notes. And she has a, a master class, I believe, there. Is that a webinar? Yes. Yes. That is I so have a master class about the three financial breakthroughs you can have in your business. Ooh, yay. to do with three women and three belief stories that we broke through and how, you know, what I told the, there's a story around, it's not okay to talk about money that creates a sales problem. There's a story around, I have to work really hard that was a wealth problem. <laughs> and there's another story about how we relate to money that is a profitability problem. So anyway, I show you how to resolve all that. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you again. And I can't wait until the next time, Julie. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thank you for doing what you're doing because your ripples mean a lot. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that coming from you. <laughs> Have a great one. Bye-bye. You too.